So today we are finishing our series on the kingdom. Uh, we've been going through all our values. So we've got grace and truth. I almost said grace and peace. Grace and truth, unity, and then the kingdom. And understanding the kingdom uh, more fully was really a turning point in my faith. I, uh, I remember taking a leadership class in, at a vineyard church and the pastor, she explained like the entirety of, of the kingdom and the larger story and the, that God was weaving throughout the whole Bible. And I remember leaving there and just the thought in my head was, that is good news. That is good news. I think for a chunk of time before that, I had been having this nagging feeling that there must be more. And I think going back that what I was doing was um, reducing the good news of the kingdom to behavior and service. So much less, so much less. His, uh, what Jesus has done for us on the cross and his resurrection didn't just restore us into relationship with God. It invited us, it gave us in, entrance into a whole new kingdom. Now, a whole new kingdom is way bigger than what my brain was get, grasping. And those kingdom, that kingdom is based on the values and priorities of the king. Oh, good stuff. Our yeah. king is good, isn't he? All right, let me do a little describing of the kingdom before we jump into the scripture for today. Okay, we know from the Garden of Eden that the kingdom is characterized by a God who is intimately connected with his creation. Us, that's us too. We know from the formation of the nation of Israel that the kingdom laws were set up to take care of the vulnerable and for flourishing and justice. We know from the cycle of rebellion, repentance, rebellion, repentance, rebellion of, of the nation of Israel that we have a God, the king of this kingdom, is slow to anger and rich, rich in love. We know from the life of Jesus, and the kingdom was arguably one of his top topics, all right? That the kingdom brought good news to the poor. The kingdom brings freedom for the prisoner. The kingdom brings recovery of sight to the blind. I'm going to keep going, so... The kingdom brings freedom for the oppressed. The kingdom brings the year of the Lord's favor. That sounds familiar. That's what Jesus said. He read the scrolls out of Isaiah 61, and then he said, today it's being fulfilled. The kingdom is coming in all those things I just listed. Now, we know the, from the rest of the New Testament that the king is avail, kingdom is available to everyone. We also know from the description of the end of the age that our king and kingdom is about characterized with renewal and restoration. It keeps getting better. Are you seeing this? We know from last week's sermon that the kingdom is all around us. The kingdom is all of these things and more. And so I want, as we talk about the kingdom this morning, I want to keep that at the front of our minds. Today we're looking at the scripture that... Um, Today we're looking at the scripture that we use to uh, give the scriptural basis for our value of the kingdom. And so 
I've added a few verses because it kind of finishes the paragraph in the scripture. But um, as I as I read the scripture, if you are able, let's stand for the reading of God's word. This is Luke 9, 1 through 6. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And if people do not welcome you, uh, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now Luke's the author of this. Go ahead and be seated. Sorry. Uh, Luke's the author, and he's he's a companion of Paul. Kind of uh, went with Paul in several of his missionary journeys. I'm trying to get my pages. I'm not blown away. Sorry, y'all. Hang on. And he also both wrote the book of Acts. So he kind of details the spreading of the kingdom um, in the generation after Jesus. And he kind of reminds me of an investigative reporter. He's the Esther Kang of the New Testament. <laughs> She's going to kill me. <laughs> okay, so he's writing this book to carefully record the life of Jesus so that his friend Theophilus has the kind of re- searched backstory for his faith journey. So here in this passage, he shows his friend that the early expanding of the kingdom came through the disciples aligning themselves with the king, Jesus. In the same way today, the kingdom continues to, to expand as we align ourselves with Jesus. I think this passage gives us three ways to align ourselves with Jesus. First, we align ourselves with Jesus, Jesus by standing in the truth of the kingdom. Second, we align ourselves with Jesus by seeing with kingdom eyes. And then thirdly, we Jesus by saying and doing what he asks. So if we at New Community are going to say we value the kingdom, actually, let me, let me read the value. It's on the website if you want to look it up later. We desire to proclaim the kingdom, evangelism, to demonstrate the kingdom, compassion, mercy, and justice, and to participate in the kingdom through prayer. We desire to welcome the stranger with radical hospitality. We desire to be intentionally present to, to our neighborhood as we discern the Holy Spirit's invitation to love our neighbors. So if we as new community are going to say we value the kingdom and want to be a part of spreading, we need to align ourselves with King Jesus. I think first, so first we are going to align ourselves with Jesus by standing in the truth of the kingdom. Now remember the character, character, yeah, characteristics Sorry, I mentioned earlier. We could really spend all morning, couldn't we, describing the king and the kingdom? I wanted to give you a quick opportunity. If I forgot anything, anything we should add to the list about our king or kingdom? You know, we haven't been together in a while, out of practice. That's all right. Okay. We'll, we'll just go on my list that I gave you. So all of those truths that we listed earlier are true about the kingdom of God. So let's see what this scripture that we're looking at today says about God. In verse 1, Jesus gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. So we know that Jesus is the king. 
He's the only one that gets to give that authority. You only give authority if you got authority. You don't, you're not a parent at a ball game shouting, I give you authority to put in number 14 in the game from the stands. No, I mean, if you're a coach, yeah, maybe, but, all right? Kids don't say, I give you authority to take me out for ice cream. They don't, they don't have that authority. They, they, they work their angles, right? They get you to take them out for ice cream, but they don't have the authority. You know what I'm saying? Jesus has the authority. He's the one that gives it. It's his to give. Okay, so we also know in this verse that the kingdom of God is in charge and it's powerful. Here specifically, they're talking about the power over demons and disease. Anyone freaked out a little bit? Asking us to align ourselves with Jesus and then I'm reading a verse about demons and healing. So I don't know how you picture it. But it feels like there's a way too, there's way too many like special effects in our heads these days. <laughs> I actually think it was a rather clear conversation. Just for context, before this, Luke had, or I mean Jesus uh, has healed the or brought the synagogue's leader's daughter back to life, and he's healed a woman who's been sick uh, with a blood disease for 12 years. Just after this, he feeds the 5,000 with five loaves and two fishes. So that's the context, and I think I kind of imagine Jesus saying, "Y'all," Jesus says, "Y'all to me." So I, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> y'all been with me for a while now. You've seen that I have power over life, weather. I have power over bodies and creation. As you leave tomorrow or later this afternoon, I don't know the timing on his. I give you that power. I give it to you as well because of my authority over you you can do what I've been doing including driving out demons and healing diseases do it in a way you, that you've seen me doing it think of a kid who is confident in their parents my dad said I could ride my bike around the park well, don't you try to tell me I can't do it or my mom told me my opinion matters Kids stand in their given authority. Think of a, a soldier who knows he has clear orders from the general. We're going to deploy in two days. He doesn't mind questions. They have to go back take it up with the general. He's just standing in the, the authority that the general gave him. Think of someone at work. And they've been uh, clearly empowered to head up a project. They have confidence to lean in get started. They're just standing in the authority that they've been given. The disciples were doing the same thing, standing on Jesus' authority and power. Now, in case you want to put this in a category of like, yeah, but that was disciples, you know, that they were kind of super Christians. We kind of have a tendency to think they... Uh, anyway, in John 14, I got another verse, verse for us that kind of calls it home to us. John 14. 12. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Greater things than all those things we listed, all those things we've seen Jesus doing, because I am going to the Father. So the truth is that because of Jesus, we have authority over the enemy and all his schemes, and we have power to extend Jesus' healing. What does standing in that truth maybe look like? 
I think it's praying against what we see the enemy doing. Division, chaos, injustice. The things uh, Marquita sang us through the kingdom and then Valerie prayed us through the kingdom. All of those things we prayed about. We can call it out and say, no, we stand against you. And, and let me just say, I think there's a tendency for us to think it's an equal battle. Right? God is here and the enemy's right here and oh, who's going to win today? No, God is way up here and the enemy was one of his angels and he's a liar and he tries to make him, make us think he's big. All right, But it's not that. It, we are standing in the authority of the king. I think we can also pray for that kingdom stuff. So we see division, we can pray unity. We know that's a uh, kingdom value. Lord, bring unity. We just did it for Israel and Palestine, for all the things that are happening in our world. And then I think we can offer to pray for the sick. Not just, hey, yeah, I'll be praying for you, but walking up and saying, hey, are you feeling all right? Let me pray for you. Now, quick story. My week started off with a bang, literally. <laughs> Monday evening, I fell down some stairs. Now, luckily the stairs had a turn in the landing so the, the wall stopped me <laughs> or it might have been much worse but it was not good I, I had to sit there a minute kind of gather myself make sure nothing was broken and then crawl up the stairs and lay on my living room floor to kind of let the shock leave my body right so that was Monday night and I you know I spent Tuesday with my foot up and then Wednesday I mean, I told a few people, and they were praying, definitely. And then Wednesday, I had a friend I was on Zoom with, and we were just about to get off. She said, oh, wait, wait, I think I'm supposed to pray for you. So she prayed that God would heal my foot. Then Wednesday night, we had our small group community Bible study, and they prayed that my uh, foot would be healed. Now, no lie, people, I got up Thursday morning and could take a full, I could walk everywhere. There was no, in, like, it still looks ugly. <laughs> it's still purple and all that, but I wasn't even hardly able to lean on it. Now, I can't prove it from the doctor. Okay, you know, if, if you're going to get skeptical, that's okay. But I believe that the, that the Lord pulled out, poured out his healing to me that night through, through people. So first, we align ourselves with Jesus, Jesus by standing in the truth of the kingdom. Next, we, uh, we align ourselves with Jesus by seeing with kingdom eyes. Like Pastor David talked about last week, looking for the bubbles caused by the yeast. Okay, I want you to imagine yourself in the situation. You are part of the disciples. We got a few too many people here to really get that. But if you could just imagine yourself as in that group of 12. And Jesus is calls you together and he says, okay, I'm going to give you authority and power. And then I'm going to send you out and proclaim the kingdom and heal the sick. Anybody else want more information? right more details jesus please i know that there's some of y'all organizational types out there saying uh i need a full agenda monday afternoon we'll be in galilee from two to four you know what i'm saying like we we want the straight up details from god and he did not give that now he gave them some instructions but he did not tell them where to go he did not tell them who to talk to he did not tell them uh, who to heal his instructions were more like you can trust me to provide for you. And you can put your put the outcomes in my hand. He assured them that they didn't have to make it happen. They just had to line themselves with him. So where does this scene with kingdom eyes come in? 
We know from verse 6 that they headed out to do what Jesus asked them, but how did they know where to go? How did they know who to talk to? Or who to heal? Remember how vast and powerful that kingdom of God was we were talking about? I think the kingdom was already there ahead of them. So maybe they took a casual survey. <laughs> this is just my imagination. So Pete's like, Peter says, oh, you know, I've been thinking about Bethsaida a lot this week. And Matthew's like, me too. Let's go there first. Or, you know, maybe John knew someone in the first town and they stopped in to say, uh, you know, we greet you in the name of the Lord. And they told them about somebody's mother who was sick. So they went and healed her. Or maybe there were certain people that were they were drawn to when they walked down Main Street. Well, it's probably wasn't called Main Street, but you know what I'm saying. Like when they're going in the village. You see where I'm going here? Very, very casual. Don't seem very miraculous. Don't. They seem kind of normal. They are normal. It was not. Well, you know, Jesus told us that we should go out and heal. So you be healed, and then you, and you be healed too, and then you. They didn't just march in towns and say that. Oh, and Jesus told us to deliver. Uh, to cast out demons so you be delivered and you be delivered and you be delivered now there there were demons that needed to be cast out and there were people that needed to be healed and there were people that needed to hear about the kingdom a kingdom that wasn't like the kingdom they knew that abusive oppressive kingdom the kingdom of God so it was about following the lead of the Lord Seeing, that's what I'm calling them eyes. So Matthew, the ex-tax collector, runs into a fisherman in Galilee, maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to pick towns out of my head. And um, and so he calls Peter over, because Peter can tell him a miraculous... He got to know Jesus with a miraculous fish story. Now, it's not that Matthew couldn't have told the story, but hey, I got the guy here that... <laughs> actually hauled the fish in normal conversation not normal in terms of kingdom impact is i guess what i'm saying now we're on the other side of jesus resurrection so we have the holy spirit in a way that the disciples did not that feels kind of cool right is it to you they had it harder than we did well, I don't know. Let's not get into that. But what I'm saying is we have the Holy Spirit in us. We can trust that God is going to guide us. I think sometimes it's easy to kind of overthink it or over-spiritualize it or over-analyze it over everything, right? And I think most of God's specific details, other than what we know in Scripture, and there's a boatload there, are come in kind of nudges or thoughts remember all the steps uh, Pastor David shared last week about new community outreach shout out to new community outreach Sonia <laughs> alright if not go back and listen to it there were all these little seemingly ordinary conversations and connections but do you know about by, about the third one you're going huh? what? Look, at, look at what's got and by the end you're like man look at God so it's like all the little things, the things that we're doing might not in and of themselves look miraculous. But man, when you pile it together and you submit it to the kingdom, 
Woo! Good stuff, good stuff. Now maybe it'd be easier to think of seeing with kingdom eyes as kind of using night vision goggles. So... Oh wait, I can already see you, so I don't need them. But it's to help you see something that you don't usually see, right? And I don't, it doesn't need to get dramatic, but I thought it was interesting that really the cool thing about it, well, one is that you could see, like you put them on and you see all those green people running around, right? When there was just darkness. But also that you have to choose to put them on. We can see with kingdom eyes. We can choose to put on kingdom vision. And in case you think, I have a hard time hearing God, I'm not sure. I ran across in this, uh, this morning in my devotions a uh, scripture in John 8, verse 47. The one who belongs to God hears what God says. Period. We belong to him, we hear him. So, Lord, show us, what are you doing here? Where should we be looking? Who are you highlighting? We align ourselves with Jesus by seeing with kingdom eyes. So we align ourselves with Jesus by standing in the truth of the kingdom and seeing with kingdom eyes. And then lastly, we align ourselves with Jesus by saying and doing what he asks. The first thing that struck me as I started to study this passage was that the disciples did exactly what Jesus asked them to do. Verse 2 says, He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse 6 says, They set out, went from the village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. They just did what Jesus asked them to do. Now, I'm glad they were obedient, but I want you to be careful not to put them on a pedestal. Let's be realistic about this. This appears to be the first time they went out without Jesus, or at least one of the early times. They were people just like you and me. And their hands weren't glowing. It was not a, this was not a super hero adventure. This was normal people who know Jesus, saying and doing what he's asking. Trusting him to be who he is. We sang about it during worship. Author of salvation. Everlasting God. Strong deliverer. Defender of the weak, awesome God, healer of the broken. There were more, I missed some of them, but what is he asking of you? What is he asking of us as new community? Who is he asking you to connect with? Who is he asking us to connect with? Maybe an organization is on your heart. Is there someone he's been asking you to pray for? It seems like a, just a thought I had or just an idea. I want to encourage you that God is speaking and that we're aligning ourselves with him by saying and doing what he asks. The Lord wants to use us, church. The Lord wants to use us the kingdom the kingdom continues to expand and he has called us to be part of that expansion and we can do that by 
aligning ourselves with King Jesus, standing in the truth of the kingdom, seeing with kingdom eyes, and saying and doing what he asks. Let's pray. Lord, we are blessed by the truth of your kingdom. We thank you that it's here in our midst, blowing by us. We want it to be our value, Lord. We want to value it correctly. Lord, would you give us eyes to see the truth of the kingdom and to say and do what you ask of us. You've got all the work, really, Jesus. We just have to say yes, so we want to say yes. In Jesus' name.